Good morning, Redemption Church. Uh, my name is Nora, and I am a member here. Um, if you have been joining us this Advent season, you will know that we have been reading um, from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Uh, that will be our reading today uh, to conclude our Advent series. We have been reading this every week as we learn um, about Christ and more about God, as we learned yesterday about how he is full of truth and grace. Um, so join in reading that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is God's word for us today. Thanks, Nora. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. Well, thank you for that. What a joy it is to be able to worship as God has called his children to do <clears throat> on Sundays, the first day of the week, and to be able to celebrate the birth of our Lord on Sunday is just an extra treat, and especially that I have the privilege of being able to preach this morning. And I want to say to you young ones, good for you for coming to church on Sunday. I know that you're Hearts are just beating a little faster. You're wondering how long is he going to talk? Just a couple of hours, and then you'll be able to go <clears throat> and enjoy your Christmas day. No, I'm just kidding. Not, not that long, I promise. But, but good for you for coming and being a part of our time together. Let's pray. Father God, how grateful we are to be in this place. How grateful we are to be able to <clears throat> just sing Lord, truths about you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would speak to us now by the Holy Spirit, reveal the truths 
of who you are and what you came to do, that we might leave this place different than when we came. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder how many of you have ever wondered what God looks like. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to look at the face of God? I know that I certainly have, and I imagine that you have as well. In fact, I'm certain that most people have been asking that question from the moment that Adam and Eve were cast out of the Garden of Eden and their intimate relationship with God was broken. Well, the Bible tells us about someone else who wanted to know what God looked like. His name was Moses. His close relationship with God began when God spoke to Moses from a burning bush, commissioning him to go to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to appeal to him to release God's people from their bondage. He had a very close and a very intimate relationship with God. So much so that it says that they would have these one-on-one conversations with each other as if they were close friends speaking face-to-face. And they were very close. But Moses never actually saw God's face. In fact, it says he hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And that was the case for a long time, for many years, until one day... Moses decided to foster up some courage and ask God to show him his face. We read about that in Exodus 33. Please show me your glory, he said. Show me your face. And God said, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy, but, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Well, God tells Moses, you can't see my face. And then he goes on to say, but I will let you see my back. And he instructed him to go into this crevice in a nearby rock formation He said, I'll cover you with my hand until I have passed by, and then I'll take my hand away, and you can see my back. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment what was running through Moses' mind. His heart must have been beating out of his chest, and it says that the glory of the backside of God was so great, was so bright, that after this incident, He returns to the Israelites, and his face was just shining. It was so bright from seeing the backside of God that people were afraid to come near him. And when he was done speaking to him, he would put a veil over his face to cover the brilliant shine. Now, you might be thinking, okay, (laughs) but what does all this have to do with Jesus? It's Christmas morning. We've got gifts to open up. We've got a Christmas dinner to fix and to eat. They're toys to be played with. And yet, we're going to see this morning that it has everything to do with Christmas. And this Sunday morning, on Christmas Day, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we see one of the greatest truths about this newborn child. 
And that is when we see Jesus, we see the face of God. When we see Jesus, we see the face of God. Each Sunday during Advent, we've been reading through the first 18 verses of the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And we've been looking at these spectacular truths this Advent season about this newborn child, about Jesus. We've seen that Jesus has always been, that he was from the beginning with God. That it is through Jesus that we've been given the right to be children of God. And that the right to be children of God gives us eternal fellowship with God. Last Sunday, we, we learned that God dwells among us through Jesus, this newborn child. And last night, we heard about how Jesus is full of grace and truth. And in verse 18, look at it with me. It says, no one has ever seen God. And then it says, the only God who is at the Father's side, Jesus, he has made him known. Now, John tells us three amazing things in this one verse. He says, there is only one God, and no one's ever seen him. We know, he says, Jesus is God who is at the Father's side. We know that from verse 1. In the beginning was Jesus, and the word uh, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. But then he says, and Jesus, who is God, has made God, the Father, known. That is, try to unpack that. It is a most glorious mystery. Well, this morning, we want to answer the question, who is this Jesus? The Son of Man, the Son of God, God incarnate, the one who was, the one who is, the one who will always be, the one who sits at the right hand of God. The one who is awaiting his return, the preeminent one, the one who made all things, the one who, whom all authority has been given, the one to whom all judgment has been given, the one who in perfect righteousness will judge the living and the dead, the only one who can rescue people from their sin. It is this day we celebrate his birth. The baby born in a feeding trough. We exchange gifts as a reminder of the greatest gift of all. Eternal life made possible through his death and resurrection. But listen carefully. If we're not careful, we can be guilty of leaving Jesus in the manger. In the nativity scene. Packing him up and putting him away with all of the other decorations. And so this morning, I want to take a few moments to consider two sources of what Christmas is all about, very reliable sources. The first is, what did God say about Jesus? And what did Jesus say about himself? <clears throat> what do we know about the birth of Jesus? Well, we know that through the prophets, God told us where he would be born, what he would be like, and why he was born. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Micah foretold the place of his birth. That little obscure town of Bethlehem with a population of some two to 400 people. 
700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah, who's considered to be the messianic prophet, he told us about his birth in Isaiah chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Then in chapter 53, one of the most profound chapters in all of Scripture, there was nothing, uh, Isaiah tells us, there was nothing about how he looked that made him outwardly attractive to people. Don't let the pictures of Jesus fool you. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed every picture of Jesus good looking? Have you noticed that? Every, every actor that's played him handsome, you know, that's not true. Isaiah tells us there was nothing about how he looked that made him outwardly attractive. It was what was in his heart. It was what, what flowed out of his very being that was so attractive. Isaiah tells us he would be despised and rejected by men. That he would understand sorrow and grief and not only understand them, but he would bear, the, our, our, bear his people's grief and carry their sorrows. Isaiah tells us he would be pierced for our sins and crushed for our iniquities, speaking of the cross. And then through the Gospels, God told us how he would be born and why. 700 years later, after the prophecies of Micah and Isaiah, Luke the physician and Matthew the apostle, they wrote about the circumstances of Jesus' birth. We read in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary couldn't believe it. She would have known from childhood and reading Isaiah that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, And the angel Gabriel, the great messenger of God, just told her that she was the prophesied virgin. And around the same time, another angel, possibly Gabriel, spoke to Joseph. We read about that in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. Imagine all that was going on in Mary's and Joseph's hearts during this time. <clears throat> Some of you maybe have heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? I love the lyrics and especially the ones where it says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Well, what did Jesus say about himself? I want to just briefly mention five things that Jesus said. And the first is Jesus said he is God. I want you to think about the story of Jesus healing the paralytic. His four friends lowering him through the roof while Jesus was teaching in Capernaum. And when Jesus saw their faith that Jesus could heal him, he said to the paralytic, not be healed, he said, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders, they were shocked and they questioned this blasphemy. Why does this man speak like this, they said, only God can forgive sins. Everyone knew that. And we read in Luke chapter 5, Jesus replied, But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He was saying that you may know that I am God. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And the man was immediately healed. Everyone was amazed and declared, we never saw anything like this. Jesus said, he is God. Jesus also said, he is the Messiah. Now think about the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well. She couldn't believe Jesus was talking to her. Not only because she was a woman, but because she was a Samaritan and Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. And Jesus asked her to go get her husband. And she said, well, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right in saying, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. Imagine her shock. Imagine her shame. And perceiving that Jesus was a prophet, she replied in John chapter 4, I know that Messiah is coming he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And notice what Jesus says to her. I, who speak to you, am he. I find it so profound and significant that he reveals himself as Messiah 
to a Samaritan woman. Jesus said he is God. Jesus said he is the Messiah. And Jesus said that when we see Jesus, we see God. Look at John chapter 12. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who has sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say, as the Father has told me. Jesus said he is God. Jesus said he is the Messiah. Jesus said when we see him, we see God. And Jesus said he was born to bear witness to the truth. Think about the conversation that Jesus had with Pontius Pilate. The governor of Judea at his trial. Pilate represented Rome. Pilate represented the most powerful empire, empire of the world. And we read in John chapter 18, the Pilate entered his headquarters again and he called Jesus and he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my king is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of, from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, listens to my voice. Pilate got so frustrated that he couldn't find anything he was guilty of. And out of frustration and a desire to please the crowds, he had him beaten beyond recognition. Uh, Isaiah says you couldn't even recognize that he was a human, that he was a man. And when he had heard his claim to be the Son of God, he became all the more fearful, especially when Jesus wouldn't answer his questions, saying this, Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And I love Jesus' response. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Jesus said he is God. Jesus said he is Messiah. Jesus said when we see him, we see God. And Jesus said he was born to bear witness to the truth. And lastly, Jesus said he is the truth. Look at John 14. 
I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. You know, Christmas time, we all reflect, especially as you get older, you reflect on just when you were a child and the things that you received that you only played with on Christmas Day and then they went off into the corner and you waited till the next Christmas. And I remember in second grade, my parents were divorced and <clears throat> it was one of the first Christmases where we got to go fly and see spend Christmas with our, with, our, with our father, and we were driving from Las Vegas to Los Angeles to visit his sister and going to be spending it with my two cousins, uh, her two daughters. She was a single mom. And I started thinking, and I don't even know how I thought this. I started thinking about, I, f I feel so bad for those girls. And I feel bad for them because they're not going to have many presents to open. And we're going to have all these presents to open, and they're not going to have any. And I don't know what planet I was living on. We were going to visit them in their home. And I just had myself worked up as we're driving to Los Angeles, and I'm thinking, they're not going to have many presents. I feel so bad for them. And it just built up to where I was really nervous, and we got there, we walk in, and there were so many presents under the tree, and I said... I can't believe they're just not going to have many presents. And they started passing out presents. And I thought, how come they're getting so many presents? And I got one, and my brother got one, and I was stunned that it hadn't turned out the way I thought it would turn out. What on earth possessed me to think this way? Why did I think it was all about me? Because without Jesus, we always think it's about us. And the truth that we need to leave here with this morning is that Christmas has never been about us. Christmas has always been about him. From the very first Christmas over 2,000 years ago and every Christmas since, Including today, it has been about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, born to die for the sin of mankind. And when we look at Jesus, we see the glorious face of God. We look into God's heart and his unfailing love and his desire to save his people from their sins, from their love of self. Moses, while on earth, never saw the face of God. But every time we look to Jesus, we see the glorious, saving face of God, who emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
Dear church, we never have to be afraid to look at God because we see him every time we look at the face of Jesus. And in so doing, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we feel his peace. We feel a peace that passes all understanding. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your perfect plan of salvation that enables us to see you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. May you be glorified, Lord, not only in this day as we just celebrate your birth with family and friends, but, Lord, that we would see you every day of our lives. We pray, Lord God, for our children. We pray for unsaved family members, Lord God, that they might receive the greatest gift of all in the same manner that so many of us have. And for this, O oh God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise.